So you're ready to ring in the new year? No, I hate New Year's Eve. It's it's New Year's Day. This episode airs on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'll tell you exactly. I'll project into the future. I'll tell you exactly what my New Year's Eve was. Uh, we went to bed about quarter to 10. <laughs> 9.45, out like a light. It's, it's like Halloween at your house. Pretty much. Keep the lights out and pretend nobody's home. Yeah, it is the most... <laughs> It's amateur night. Well, it is amateur night, and it's it's you know this idea of enforced fun, this obligatory blowout to flip over a calendar. No, I'm not. I'm not into it. I, I get this general vibe from everyone that uh, they're all looking at each other, going, "We're having fun, right? This is fun, right? It's what we're supposed to do, right?" Yeah, I know. I, my problem is that for years and years and years, I, I worked nightclubs, and I would always have to do the New Year's Eve club gig. Um, people would come in probably around 1030, already smashed out of their brains, pay their 50 bucks or whatever it was, drink, drink as much as they possibly could until about 1205. Uh, anybody who could not hold their liquor would have filled the toilets full of, full of vomit by mm, 1130. And then, uh, the whole thing just degraded into, into just horribleness, uh, from, from there on in. And, uh, I, I, it just ruined New Year's Eve for me forever. You know what we should do? We, have you seen that uh, viral photo that makes the rounds every time at about this this time of year? Uh, that uh, is the generic New Year's Eve party poster. No. Oh, I gotta send it to you. And then what we'll do is is we'll do it like it's a commercial for it, and we'll we'll edit it all together. What do you say? Okay, go ahead. It's called the totally overhyped New Year's Eve party. <laughs> okay, let me find it. Hang on. Here we go. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Things you forgot happened in 2013. We'll look at three words that made it into the dictionary last year and why we'll spend all of 2014 making up for it. We'll look at some exciting Kickstarter projects for the new year, including a self-propelling bicycle and an app that takes driving your car to a whole new level. Hal Johnson of Body Break and the Amazing Race joins us to tell us how to keep that New Year's resolution using technology and why hitting the gym is only half the battle. Plus, a Geeks and Beats update on Justin Bieber's retirement plan and our live on location show in Vegas, baby Vegas. <laughs> the views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. Well, we'll alternate the lines. You want to start first? You want me? You know what? I'll start first so that you get the the headline. Okay, ready? We're up all night to get lucky. Hypno Productions presents totally overhyped New Year's Eve party. Get in a fight with your date in front of everyone at a super douchey dance club full of posers and Jersey Shore rejects. DJ D Bag spins nonstop dubstep and takes no requests. Tickets six months rent and your dignity. Come get drunk and cry while your date vomits. In the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I okay. I have to. I have to save this. Twelve things you forgot happened in 2013, courtesy of Mashable.com. Did you look at any of these? No, I didn't. You know what? I'll tell you why I didn't look at any of these. Because when I got them, I was in Ottawa last night. Do you want to know why I went to Ottawa for a grilled cheese sandwich? Must have been a great grilled cheese sandwich. No, it was a horrible grilled cheese sandwich, and I'll, I'll explain why. I am, in the parlance of the airline industry, a points pig. 
I love my frequent flyer miles, and I figured out on Boxing Day that I was exactly 564 miles short of my 50K elite status with Aeroplan. <laughs> you didn't just get on a plane and do a loop so that you could top up your points. I needed 564 qualifying miles so I could reach that next level of VIP-ness. And I do a lot of flying. And I like to be able to board before anybody else so I can put my bag in the overhead compartment. I like to be able to access all the lounges. I like priority baggage tags on my bags. I like all the other perks that come with it. And I was 564 points, miles, qualifying miles short, so... I think you just won 2013's First World Problems Award. I totally understand that this is sad. Mm-hmm. But um, if you do as... Listen, if you do as much flying on business as I do, it makes a difference. So you really don't have any excuse to not read all of the stories on the list, including uh, among the forgotten events, Paula Dean's career melted after that deposition. Dennis Rodman uh, was hanging out with a Kim Jong-un not once, but twice. Uh, Manti Teo's girlfriend turned out to be a hoax. House of Cards became the first web series to win an Emmy. Yeah, man, that was a very good show. Uh, and the one of all the 12, uh, including uh, the new Harlem Shake goes viral, uh, etc., is the selfie foam and twerk were added to the dictionary yeah, I, in 2013. I, I, when I first heard the word selfie, I, I immediately knew what it was. And I thought, oh. It doesn't need to be in the dictionary? This does not need to be in the dictionary. This, you know, can't Miley Cyrus just go away? Okay, so that one takes care of twerk. FOMO was one that someone had to tell me about, and that was in 2013. I've I've known this one for a while. Fear of missing out. Everyone's got that friend, and I had that friend, who you would invite to a party, and he'd show up about three hours after everyone else showed up and only stay for about 40 minutes because he had three other parties to go to as well. Okay. Yeah. That, that's someone who's got a case of FOMO. Invite this guy up to the cottage. He doesn't show up Friday night with everyone else, shows up Saturday around noon and sticks around for you know 12 hours and then has to leave Sunday morning because he's got another cottage to go to. That's someone who's got a bad case of FOMO. Yeah, that's not me. If you had a cottage and you invited me, I wouldn't come. <laughs> not a fan of the cottage. I, I just don't care. The Veronica Mars movie uh, is coming back in 2014, courtesy of Kickstarter. That was another thing that happened in 2013. Yeah, I remember the original. I think it was okay. Let's look at uh, some of these Kickstarter projects. Uh, the one that I thought would interest you the most, being a car nut, is the Fuse car app. It connects uh, to your car, a little dongle. It's the diagnostics outlet. And it syncs with the app that gives you all your car's data, like location and, and fuel level. And you can play around with your vehicle. Yeah. Uh, apparently, all cars have this little port uh, since 1997 or 1998, somewhere under the dashboard. I'm, I was looking at this. And, you know, I have a trip computer on my dashboard, so I don't necessarily need it, but I would be interested in fooling around with this thing. Yeah. Uh, The intent here is uh, something as simple as like a carpool assistant, as they talk about. You can start your carpool route with a tap, and then the people you picked up get a text or a phone call letting them know you're on your way. And as you approach the house, they get another call or text saying that you're just around the corner. Yeah. See, that kind of a location-aware stuff is is rather interesting. Yeah. And if you've got a teenager, uh, this thing will uh, give you an alert if the kids uh, go stray from a certain area or 
if they drive too quickly, that sort of thing. Well, here's what I would use uh, for, for, for my wife. I'm often caught in traffic on the way home for supper. And rather than have her constantly calling me on the phone, um, she could just check the data uh, on her phone uh, to see exactly where I was and how long I'd be away and when she can put the potatoes on. Well, you kind of already have that. There is the Find My Friends feature on the iPhone that works on the iPad and, and the, the Mac as well. So, frankly, she could just do, tune into your, your iPhone. I, you know, I may have to get one of these things. Uh, pre-order. How much are they costing? 159 bucks U.S. The estimated shipping date March. I'll wait. Something to wait for. Now, the one that interests me as well is uh, number two on the list, which is the Fly-Cly Smart Wheel Electronic Bicycle Wheel. I saw this. I'm not a cycleist, but... It, yeah, I, I don't cycle myself. But this this is rather interesting. Um, do you want to explain it? As I understand it, uh, what it does is it turns any bicycle into an electric bicycle. And it's if you picture the back wheel of your bike, it takes up about half of the circumference on the inside so it's it the spokes uh, are uh, covered in part by this white disc that spins around and as you get up to 25 miles per hour it will actually kick in and start accelerating the power of your wheel and it recharges itself by right you ride downhill you pedal on your own the thing recharges itself and that way when you hit a certain speed it, you can cruise basically with it yeah it's that regenerative uh, stuff that we saw we see with with some um hybrid cars and electric cars like the prius exactly they're calling this bicycle 2.0 and you can connect to it via bluetooth so that you can keep track of how much energy your bicycle has kind of interesting yeah i can i can see there being accidents as people you know whip along at 25 miles an hour but uh yeah how you know okay fine i'll i'll I'd go for that it's got a 250 watt uh, motor with a 36 volt lithium battery that's expected to handle a thousand uh charge cycles and it only takes about two to three hours to charge it if you plug the thing in as opposed to cycle to help charge it itself it comes in multiple colors including glow in the dark that would be safety that would be very cool so how much is it 600 bucks Mid-2014. Okay, we'll have to watch for that. And now that you've got uh, a new Poochie coming in 2014... Well, allegedly, yes. Allegedly? What, what, whoa, whoa, hang on. You, you, have, you have Schmooze the dog. And Squirt, the uh, miniature bull terrier, is uh, still in the oven, um, not delivered yet, and, and we're just waiting to find out. So while you're waiting, you can save some cash to get yourself uh, this Indiegogo uh, project that's being funded right now for 2014, the Dog to English Translation Headset. I saw this, and... Um <laughs> See, I know what my dog would be saying all the time. Well, do dogs really say much more other than, hi, I love you, and where's my food? Uh, you have to spend some time with my dog to understand. Yes, yes, she is <laughs> rather foul. But this is this is, uh, this is is still pretty primitive. Um, all it does is, is I like, there's three or four different emotions that the thing can, can convey. What I want to know is, you know, I often look at my dog and wonder, what are you thinking? You know, what have you got to tell me? What, what's going on inside that head? And I really wish that there were something that could translate for me. Uh, this is a little primitive, but it sets us on the right um, sets us on the right uh, right track. It's from a startup company called Emotive, and it's a three hundred dollar headset that uh, was originally designed for video games back in two thousand nine. And the premise here is that the thing can figure out what it is your dog is barking about. Let's see. I'm tired. I'm curious. Who is that? I'm excited. It's using the neural patterns and the, the energy waves that your brain gives off. So because it's basically triangulating where in your brain those signals are coming from, 
come because it's got multiple points to register the waves. It figures, well, if it's coming from this part of the brain, it, you're trying to say this thing. And if you're, it's coming from another part, that's the part of the brain that's focused on anxiety. And therefore, if that part lights up, chances are the dog is barking about something it's upset about. Yeah, again, pretty rudimentary. <laughs> were, 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 you, were you expecting something more advanced? Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! My master is good and smart. It's not possible! Oh, it is, because my master is smart. <gasps> cool! What are these, new boy? Hey, would you could acquire contigo? I use that collar. Watashiwa, Hanashima. To talk with, I would be happy if you stop. Listen. Early computers were pretty, pretty primitive. I, I really want to know what my dog's thinking. I, I, I really do. When I finally shuffle off this mortal coil and I'm um, allowed to meet the, 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 the major cosmic muffin, and I'm, I'm hoping to ask three questions. The three questions are, is there life on other planets? Who really shot JFK? And what does my dog dream about when she twitches in her sleep? You really don't know whether or not there's life outside of this planet? I want proof. I just want pictures and stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there is. You want pictures and stuff. Yes. Okay, Carl Zay. Own one of the craptastic mugs of the world's most popular podcast and support the show. You too can use the power of science to hold liquids, both hot or cold. Visit geeksandbeats.com today. Apple apparently really going to push iTunes Radio this year? iTunes Radio will be coming to Canada in 2014. Trust me on that. I got a little bit of inside info on that. Uh, they're working on a variety of things before they launch it. And it's not so much the technology and it's not so much the licensing. It's a, a lot has to do with the marketing and how they're going to make some money from this. Are they not making money off it in the United States yet? Well, they are. And it has to do with ad sales. And they have to figure out exactly what the right mix of ad sales is for people's tolerances. And then they want to be able to find ways to uh, market this in, in, in ways that are, are well, Apple-rific, right? I think finding a, a, a happy medium for the tolerance level of someone who's listening to radio and a commercial comes on is pretty critical. I think we sort of broke that social contract years ago, not just in radio, but in television as well. The, the deal is you give us content for free and we will sit through your commercials. Well, now we know that people don't sit through commercials, but we have way more commercials today than we did back in the uh, soapbox era of uh, mom's uh, mid day television. And so when it comes down to it, we have figured out the sweet spot already for how many ads someone's willing to tolerate before changing the channel or skipping. And then we just ignored it and we went further. So I can imagine take what we've got right now in a standard commercial break, cut it in half. I've heard anywhere from two minutes to six minutes an hour. An hour, exactly. Not two to six minutes a break. No, no, no. Two to six minutes an hour when it comes to a streaming music service. And because it's a streaming music service, you don't necessarily – I mean, it's, it's easy to make these, these commercials unskippable. The other thing, too, that, that appeals to me from that programmer perspective is I've told my streaming company who I am – my age, where I live, 
a whole bunch of uh, demographic-oriented information ab about me. So one commercial that I sit through on streaming music is far more valuable than 10 commercials on terrestrial radio where the advertiser has no idea whose earballs they're appealing to. Yeah, and, and this is what Apple is, is, is working on. How do we make our commercials effective? And what kind of clients can we sell these commercials to? Now, what Apple has been doing in the, in the United States is they've got together a sales force and they're going after Coca-Cola, they're going after McDonald's, they're going after the big national advertisers, which is something that's concerning to terrestrial radio stations both in the U.S. and in Canada, because if Apple comes in and signs these big deals with these national advertisers, well, that's less money for them to be able to uh, advertise on, on terrestrial radio. So uh, we'll see. What we won't see in 2014 is RDO's video service. We had been talking behind the scenes with the people at RDO, the, the streaming audio service, about this new thing they were going to release. And we were getting involved, you and me, weren't we, in, in yeah. what this was going to be. And when it, be when it came out, I think you and I both collectively looked at each other and went, really? Uh, yeah. Video service like everyone else? When I was at the RDO headquarters in San Francisco earlier, uh, late last year, they had a big, they had a big, big, big map uh, up on the wall. And uh, blue was where RDO was, in, uh, was, was, was running. And they had flags stuck in all these countries. And then yellow was for video. And they had um, flags stuck in those countries. But it was it was rather interesting that I got an email. I guess it was Friday night, saying that they've decided to abandon their uh, uh, their video movie uh, movie and TV spinoff. Quote: Despite our efforts, we were not able to deliver the differentiated cu customer experience we had hoped for, and so video is now closed. When I was there, they were very very optimistic about it. Good for them though for knowing that if you can't make something unique. Why bother putting the effort into it in the first place? Well, that's it. You know, eat your dog food, and then if it doesn't work, kill the baby. That's that's what you got to do in town. <laughs> what? You never heard that? <laughs> I love that mixed metaphor. No, I've never heard that. No, no, that, that's hey, listen. That's Silicon Valley talk. Ah, okay. Maybe, maybe that's why I, I don't. Uh, I don't like to interview Silicon Valley types. Uh, and when I do, I uh, before we do the interview, I say, oh, by the way. Uh, we've got a rule here. You can't use the word solution. You have a product. You don't have a solution. And you'd be amazed at the number of guys who can't get through an interview without using the word solution to describe their product. Or the word disruptive. Yes, it's a disruptive solution. Yes. That's accretive on a go-forward basis. <laughs> yeah, I know those. What music startups hope to offer us in 2014? Well... You know. What do they hope to offer us? Because I'm on alancross.ca slash journalofmusicalthings.com. And uh, first of all, you still have the snow falling on the screen here. Yeah, I got to talk to the web guy. What is this, 1996? No, hang on, hang on. I don't see it here. Hang on. Oh, no, I guess there it is. Okay. It's, it's, it's like dandruff falling from the top of my monitor. Well... <laughs> I'll fix that. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix you, that. You, but you've linked here uh, to a YouTube series, part one of eight. And frankly, I'm not sitting through all eight parts here. So can you give us the, the upshot? No, I'm not going to sit through all eight parts either. I just thought it would be rather interesting to see what some of these startup guys are, are, are talking about. And, you know, again, they have some very, very disruptive <laughs> ideas about where, where music is going. I mean, are they solutions? Well, I don't know. The, the, the number of startups that music startups that uh, begin and that fail within 12 months is, 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 is huge. So really what we're seeing, I, I think is, is, is a consolidation of a lot of the startup ideas that we've seen over the last five years 
into you know morphing into things like uh, you know add-ons for 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 Chrome or uh, the streaming music services or um, you know some of the music metric companies that we're seeing out there. You know, right now technology is moving far faster than than, than uh, music fans can actually keep up with. So. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on the sidelines and waiting to see all this stuff shake itself out. One of the neat things in 2013 was that we are now being followed by none other than Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod of Body Break. Body Break with Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. And they were on Amazing Race Canada. And you watched it. I watched a little bit of it. My wife and daughter, big fans of the Amazing Race Canada, and really rooting for uh, Joanne and Hal. Of course, we know now that they didn't make it, but I thought, since they're following us, why not give Hal a call and get his take on the best ways to to keep that uh, New Year's resolution for 2014, which, of course, as we all know, is everyone packs the gym in January, and then by February, it's Deadsville. Yeah. Hal, it's Michael and Alan at the Geeks and Beats podcast. Hey, how you doing? Alan, diehard fan of the Amazing Race Canada. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, you've had some time to think about it. Can, can you pinpoint why it is you and Joanne didn't win the big show? Well, We were all rooting for you. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I mean, Canadians from coast to coast have, have uh, very much been supportive of us. And we didn't realize that on the race. We didn't even think about it. We were so focused on what we were doing. The, the Amazing Race was truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, it, was, uh, it was phenomenal. Um, we, didn't, we kind of thought from the beginning, before we entered the show, that we may have a target on our backs. We may have people that... Um, wanted to get us off the show. And we thought, well, and then when we actually got into it, we really didn't think about it anymore. We were just another competitor. Um, but it was funny because the other competitors, some of them felt that we were getting an unfair advantage, but from the producers, they, 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 they imagined that we would um, because we're been on television. They, uh, uh, flight attendants would come up to us and ask for our autograph or picture when we we're on planes. We hated that because we thought, oh, geez, um, you know, that's uh, these other competitors are going to see we're different than, than them in that regard. And then that's in the crux of it at the end of the day, what, what we got U turned. If we hadn't got U turned, um, we would have. Um, made that leg and we would have uh, we would have won uh, or would have continued and, and we really believe that we would have had a uh, a great opportunity when seeing the rest of the the race in fact the very last question of the race was and being a diehard fan i'm sure you saw the last episode of the race was the last question was flags and flowers match up the flags and flowers of each province well Joanne and I knew that that was the uh, question, uh, the second leg of the race. So when we were on Whitehorse, which was the uh, uh, the fifth leg of the race start, um, we went across to a hotel when we were waiting for an airplane, the, the plane out of Whitehorse. We had about four hours to kill. We went across to the hotel, and we printed off all the flags and flowers of each province. We had also studied those prior to prior to the race, as well as studying every prime minister, every premier, all the all the money, what it meant. Uh, I studied every um, route that Air Canada flies across the country. Um, I went to a Chevrolet dealership, drove every stick shift of every Chevrolet product because I knew that these are sponsors. Um, I, I went got went to a, 
a Bell store and got a BlackBerry 10 and, and played with it for for a bit just to get a feel for it because I knew they were another sponsor. Um, we, we did our homework. And so we really felt that, especially when we saw the end of the show, those other teams had a great deal of difficulty with the uh, flags and flowers. In fact, the two teams, uh, I don't know, but I don't even think they finished it. I mean, you know, they just kind of released them because there's no way they could have actually, um, I mean, the, the Selena and Vanessa, um, they only had one out of 10 and you couldn't actually, you had to match two things together. So it would have, they would have had to been there for hours. So had you not been U-turned, you would have won. I think we would have, you know, I say modestly when I looked at the, the, when I looked at all of the uh, challenges that were, were ahead, um, we would have had a very good opportunity, but luck as you know, when you look at Tim and Tim, I mean, they, it was luck. I mean, and I guess that bodes well for the show. I mean, if you can see who, especially Vanessa and Selena, the two young ladies and the Tims, they were probably the two most directionally challenged teams in the race. Um, they were constantly getting lost. Um, they, this Vanessa and Selena were not physically gifted at all. Uh, as far as uh, challenges were concerned, um, so that they, but they made it to the end. So in essence, the show says if they can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We were thinking that we needed to get your take on how it is we're going to ensure that that New Year's resolution is maintained. Is there music? Is there technology that we can bring together? to ensure that come February, the gym isn't deadsville like you would generally see every year? Yeah, there, there, there is. Uh, I've, I've recently found something that I really like from a, uh, from a motivational perspective, and I think that's the, uh, that's the key, is that you've got to stay motivated. Um, and if you're, you're motivated, um, you're going to succeed. So I know one of the things that I've <clears throat> recently done uh, is I've um, gone with a, a product. A friend of mine just introduced this to me, and it's called Fitbit, F-I-T-B-I-T. And it's a real simple program. Um, and it's simply, it's a wrist uh, wristband that monitors your steps. Uh, and it also, it also monitors your sleep. So it's, um, it is something that is, um, it can motivate someone. Uh, you can challenge friends. Uh, so I've got right now. I've got about uh, ten different people that I compete with every single day uh, on who can do the most steps, and it also calculates the number of calories that you've been burning through, through how much, how many steps you've done. Um, so that's a really great little motivator, uh, as well as it, motiv- uh, it, it um, I input all of my food that I eat. Uh, through this, and it's a little app on my phone, and it's really quick and simple to do, and so I can see because it, it, weight gain or being in shape in that regard is simply a, a mathematical equation. I have one of I have one something similar. I have the the Jawbone, and I, I can't remember what it's called, but I but I, I it, it's kind of cool because I try to make those ten thousand steps every day, and then 
it's 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 interesting the sleep thing because you have to uh, on mine you have to click a little switch that says uh, that you've gone from from daytime activities to sleep and then you can see exactly how much you toss and turn at night and when you when you go into REM sleep and when you wake up and all that other kind of stuff absolutely and i think when you can build a community and i think you know you talk about social media and all of that element of things it's really a community uh, that you're trying to to connect to uh, with this. So the more people that I can get into my community um, and we, we can compete with one another in a friendly competition to, to spur each other on, and uh, I think that's really the, the, the element of it. I know that um, uh, there's a couple, you know, a couple of days I haven't, you know, over this Christmas, you know, you're out of your normal routine and I haven't gotten as many steps as I want to, but a buddy of mine has, and he's going crazy and I've got to, I got to catch up to him. So it's a real motivator. Um, and I think that's the, that, that is the, the key is that we create a community that we can uh, have a competition against and, and really motivate each other. Um, uh, there's a, a television show called Ice Pilots. There's a gentleman on it, um, Mikey McBride. He's kind of the lead character in this uh, show, uh, uh, Ice Pilots. And he contacted me about a month ago. Uh, because he wants me to come up uh, to Yellowknife and be on the show, but he wants me to train him. Hang on to your hats, boy. Then I said, Mikey, I can't come up to Yellowknife and, and train you, but we can compete with one another. And I think that's the, the, the key element on how many steps. And it's really just get walking, get your body up and get it moving. Um, and that's uh, that's key, whether it's Jawbone or Fitbit or whoever it is. And I'm sure there's going to be apps. Um, you know, I'm sure there are apps on your phone that will allow you to do that as well. The nice thing about having just a wristband is you don't even you know, think about it. Well, you've got a 30-year history of, of going on television and helping people get motivated for fitness. You know, I, I recall when I was a kid, uh, the participation body break segments that you and Joanne did, and you still do them, uh, were, were critical for, for raising awareness. And I was fascinated to learn that you guys didn't get paid a dime to do any of those. Well, we um, we have our own company. We got paid by participation. We were only with them for two years. So participation... Um, uh, provided us with money to produce them. Jan and I did all the production. I mean, we do the everything from editing to writing the scripts to directing the episodes. We've done all of the behind-the-scenes things. Um, and so participation sponsored it for the first two years. And then after that, uh, after two years, we went off on our own and did it on our own. And so we've been we've been producing the Body Break episodes now for since since 1991 on our own. And so it's uh, started in late 88 and early 99, early 91, we, we went off and, uh, and did on our own. We provided it to the stations free of charge. We gave it to them free and got the message out there. And it really, if you think of us in a, in a way, as kind of like the, uh, the same model at, at times at Facebook, uh, they, you know, or, or any of these things that platforms today, they give it away free. And that's what we did. We, we gave this information out and, uh, uh, and in the interim, we, we built a brand uh, that uh, is known throughout Canada. And then you sold that brand itself? Uh, no, what we, uh, 
Uh, well, we've done, uh, we've licensed the brand uh, to different products over the years, whether it be we currently have body break fitness equipment, for example, at Sears and Walmart and Play Against Sports and Costco. We've got our body break fitness line. Uh, we've had, you know, body break clothing. We've got uh, have body break running shoes. Uh, so we've licensed our brand in connection uh, with uh, with various products and services uh, that, that uh, align with healthy living. Uh, uh, so we've recently uh, signed with a, a company who does uh, childcare. Now that, that may seem like it's a, quite a stretch for body break, but it's a childcare that is, um, uh, is a, provides fitness and health to the children and also information for the parents on how to raise healthy kids, so we're uh, we're providing a program for uh, for them to get kids healthy uh, because childhood obesity is through the through the roof. Um, over the last twenty years, it's really uh, really gone wild. And so what I've said to the childcare Willowbrae childcare, I've said to them, listen, what you have to do is you've got to educate the parents because you know a three year old never drives up to McDonald's on their own. Um, they're already there's already they're always driven there. So uh, educate the parents on the importance of activity and the importance of nutrition, and, and that's really the bottom line. Is nutrition is a, at least fifty and perhaps sixty or seventy percent of the whole equation as far as your health is concerned. Um, you are what you eat, and and and, sh- and another element, another kind of phrase that we use: uh, show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Um, so if your friends are, you know, chicken wings and beer kind of guys and going out and doing that sort of things, I'll show you where your future is from your health perspective. Um, if your if your circle is one that are people that are looking after their health, think their health is important. Um, you're going to be you're going to follow that, and that will be your future. I'm uh, I'm seeing a trainer three times a week now. I've been doing that since August. I wish I had done it much earlier. And early, uh, in, in later in January, there's going to be this this nutrition challenge that I'm going to get involved in. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I might even hook up my Withings scale. Have you ever seen the Withings scale? No, I haven't. Okay, this is a an internet compatible scale. That every time you step on it, it not only tracks your weight and your body mass index, but it also tweets it to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's the thing is that it's a way of you not getting uh, too out of line when you see that cheesecake. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a cheating preventer. And it's a it's it's a public humiliation device. (laughs) Hal, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Time now for the Geeks and Beats update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. We have a new co-producer. Oh, we do! Yay! One uh, to start the new year. That's good. So Roy Penny is our uh, new producer for the uh, first episode of 2014. He lives in what he calls the relatively ice-storm-free city of London, Ontario, with his beautiful wife, Leanne. Well, very good. Uh, Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Happy New Year. And we will do our best to to spend your money uh, wisely. He uh, says he discovered the show around the time of the third or fourth episode as he was looking for episodes of the ongoing history of new music (laughs) on iTunes, which he says he understands is not available for download anywhere. No, not yet. I've got a meeting next week. We'll see. It's all legal issues and all that nonsense, right? I know. I know. I know. He's suggesting a topic for 
for the show, by the way, as co-producer, pointing out that in the late 80s, a number of successful Canadian bands made a concentrated effort to break into the U.S. market but didn't make it. He's thinking Platinum Blonde and Honeymoon Suite. He says uh, Honeymoon Suite even did the theme song for a Lethal Weapon movie uh, and uh, says only the occasional artist makes it over the wall, like uh, Celine, Alanis, uh, Shania Twain. Uh, So he's asking, you know, why didn't these other bands make it as well? Rock and roll is a vicious game. It's very, very difficult. You have to be lucky as well as good. And there are many things that can go wrong within the music industry that will derail your career. It could be you have a bad manager, you have signed the wrong contract, uh, you do sign a contract with somebody in the United States, and then the person that signs you gets fired. I mean, there's lots and lots of things that can go wrong. It's not a meritocracy. Uh, You think it should be, but listen, the cream doesn't always rise to the top because there are always things that are preventing the cream from rising including, you know, the human element and the economic element. Well, let's talk about the economic element here because you pointed out that uh, we will spend Roy's $25 donation to the big show that gets him the co-producer credit and the ability to put it on a press re- uh, on a press release. Well, you could do that too. On a resume, uh, he says he'll be updating his resume accordingly as well. I was thinking we take the 25 bucks and we plow it into Facebook ads. Oh. What do you think? Okay. I think we should. That's a very good idea. I've uh, been wanting to experiment with Facebook ads. So let's, you know how to do it? The 25 bucks you carries through for about a week. It'll actually be closer to $35, but that's okay because we've got uh, some additional cash coming in the door courtesy of the uh, the swag store, uh, the Cafe Press swag store where you can get a, a G&B mug. Oh, okay, good. Now, what you do, and this is really neat, is unlike regular ads, and as we've discussed this before, 50% of advertising works. The industry just doesn't know which 50%. Right. With Facebook, you can say, um, I want to target women between the ages of 35 and 50 mm. who live in Pickering, Ontario, who are married and have children. And it will break down from 500,000 uh, people who are on Facebook in Canada, down to 22,000 who are specifically in Pickering, down to 21,000 who are women, down to 18,000 who have children. And then you know that you've got the chance of 18,000 people you're specifically targeting actually seeing your ad. Yeah, okay, fine. Let's see what we can do. The only question is, is when they see the ad, are they going to do anything about it? Yeah, I I understand. But, uh, well, you never know. I give it a shot. Okay. Make it so. So this episode is going to be promoted through the Facebook ads. Good. Thank you very much, Roy. Uh, Also, next week's episode is going to be a live on location show from the International Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, baby. Vegas. Oh, oh. This will be the Wednesday, the 8th of January. Uh, We will be live on location. Now, when I say live on location, I will be down there for the Business News Network and CTV News Channel. Right. Uh, The following week, I may be in Los Angeles. So this is going to be a roving series of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't sound too happy about it. It's why I'm going or maybe going. Well, you got to bail somebody out? No, I have to testify. You have to testify. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll explain next week. How's that? Next week, I'll know whether or not I'm going, and then I will um, explain what exactly is, is, is happening. Does this have to do with Courtney Love, or have I already said too much? Uh, let's just leave it there, shall we? 
Time now for Ask Ellen Anything. Got a question about music, love, that suspicious rash? Ask Alan Anything. Call 323-319-NERD. It's Brad going from Omimi, the hometown of Neil Young. In your last episode, you guys were discussing a uh, Toronto radio station that Alan's wife works at that goes all Christmas all the time during the, uh, the Christmas period. And uh, my wife and I, we were having a discussion around that radio station a few weeks ago. And my question was, how do you, and Alan, this really is directed at you, given the fact that you're uh, a former program manager for some of the coolest radio stations in North America, how do you regain your audience? So Christmas time is over. Now you're going to go back to your wacky morning zoo radio station format and uh, and your top 40 and everything else. But how do you how do you regain that listenership? I'm sort of baffled by it. It seems like such a 180 from what they normally do. Granted, during that time period, you're going to see a spike in ratings. But how do you go back to the regular? I would think that uh, by then, a good chunk of your audience has already found a new radio station, and uh, you got to earn them back. So just curious how the station goes about doing something like that. And I know that your wealth would know the answer, and I bet you do, too. Anyway, I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Can't wait to see what's in store with the podcast for 2014. The reason stations go all Christmas is because ratings go through the roof. Absolutely through the roof. And when you end up switching back to your regular programming after Christmas, a lot of those people who have been attracted to you because of your Christmas programming stay with you. It's actually a ratings builder. Radio is all about ratings. Uh, and, 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 and radio stations will play anything to get more people listening. Christmas music, believe it or not, is a proven winner. We got a uh, Christmas Day gift courtesy of Justin Bieber. Well, no, he didn't. I thought he retired. I thought he... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and then his people came out and said, oh, he was just kidding. My guess is, uh, okay, Justin was feeling morose and got high, tweeted this thing out, and then his people looked at this with horror and said, uh, no, 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 you're not. You've got... Uh, no, you can't, you can't, you can't. You've got obligations. So they said uh, the, all the publicists have been coming out and saying, no, no, he was just kidding. Ha <laughs> joke. Which is unfortunate because on a journalofmusicalthings.com, you've compiled 10 jobs Justin Bieber could do if he quits music. Yeah, well, monkey wrangler. <laughs> he can go back and get, uh, get that monkey he abandoned in Germany. He could be uh, somebody who erases graffiti. He's very good at putting graffiti on walls. Maybe he'd be very good at uh, taking it off walls. Uh, he could be a brothel owner. He seems to uh, know his way around some of those places. But I, I don't think any of those things are going to come into play because, again, he was just kidding. You got a prediction for Justin Bieber in 2014? I think it's going to be more of the same. He His, his uh, documentary bombed. It was, a, it was an absolute box office disaster. Nobody went to see it. So he's got an awful lot of uh, career rebuilding to do. He's, you know, the, the, the template here is Justin Timberlake. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. Well, everything's made to be broken. I just want you to know who I am. The top 10 karaoke songs of 2013, meantime. I'm looking at these 10, and I have to admit, I think I only know two. 
Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke and Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm surprised that Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls is in there. I mean, I'm not a karaoke person. I'm, 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 I think karaoke is evil. I think it's, it's just uh, it gives drunk people an opportunity to embarrass themselves. Um, but, you know, fill your boots. But, uh, you know, Pink was big, Beyonce, Beyonce, One Republic... Taylor Swift. It's all Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Yeah, well, again, this is all stuff that's current, right? Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. That's still... Oh, man. There's always that one person who gets up and does Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. Now, now we should point out that this is only... This is the top ten from a one particular licensed karaoke channel on... Vivo. On Vivo. So, I mean, this is not definitive. This is just this one particular company. After all of this time, you, you, you've never gotten up and belted out a song? No! Absolutely not! No, never! If, if you did, what would it be? Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Why? Read the lyrics. Closer by nine inch nails. What is that in metric? <laughs> um, oh, jeez, dude. Yes, see? You're going to clear the room with these lyrics. My point exactly. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.